Welcome to episode 49 of Tap to Craft. My name is Denny Luce, and along with my buddy John Ream, we are going to guide you on your craft beer journey by passing on our knowledge and our experience to you, the listener. And we are recording on Sunday, May 22nd, 2016, and if that sounds like it's pretty close to the last recording, well, it is. We literally are recording a week after, although you won't hear it for three weeks from the time we recorded, but as I mentioned before, I will be traveling and I'll be gone for two weeks, and during that time, John and I have to release two shows, and it's just not logistically capable of doing it without recording a little bit early. So some of the, you know, luckily, our information we're going to give you is not time-sensitive. Maybe some of the beers we'll talk about might be a little bit time-sensitive, but uh, for the most part, we're just going to, you know, cover the same stuff we always do. But our Brew Buzz segment this week will be based on the Rhein Heiskebutt, the German purity law, and I'm going to mispronounce that a number of times today, so just bear with me. But uh, this will be an interesting talk, topic to find out, you know, what is all about this, you know, this this German law that means you only can have certain ingredients in your beer. Well, we're going to explain that to you, as well as uh, our usual beer banter that John and I like to talk about back and forth, so you can count on having some interesting conversation. But before we get on to that, John... How are you doing tonight? So we had the talk uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, that I had my birthday, mm-hmm. getting old, and uh, our boys are doing their best to make sure we feel that way. Charlie is now three. Oh, my goodness. Um, and, you know, a lot of people think, told us, oh, three is actually worse than two. Like, terrible <laughs> twos. It's not, not even a thing, but three. Whew. And uh, Charlie is doing his damnedest to make sure that that's true. Really? Um, I tell you, today was a day. Um, <laughs> so I am ecstatic to be sitting down here with the boys in bed and having a beer and talking to you because I, oof. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm glad I can help ease your, uh, your frustrations that uh, young, terrible twos and what do they call threes? Is it, is it, uh, what do they call the age three? Is, is is that supposed to be a good year? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I'm mostly making it up as I go here. Okay, so, okay. You know. <laughs> All right. Well, no problem. No problem. Well, yeah. We'll 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 relax you. We'll talk about beer. You'll drink some beers, and before you know it, we'll be done with the show, and you can go crash and uh, start over tomorrow in the morning. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Now. One thing is, uh, last week was American Craft Beer Week. John, did you do anything during the week that to help celebrate American Craft Beer Week? So during American Craft Beer Week, uh, Seattle also has its own beer week. Okay. Uh, which is like 12 days, um, really short week. Uh, and so they have events you know, all over the city and surrounding area. Uh, so I didn't go to any of those. Oh. But uh, I did go brewery hopping yesterday with Kristen. We hit four different places. Oh, wow. uh, Down south of us, um, just jumping around, checking out some places we hadn't been before. Um, And I'll talk about 
a little bit of that beer later, but okay. uh, yeah, it was a good time, and we we managed to dump off the kids, so we we had a little time to ourselves and got to enjoy some some nice beer. So yeah, oh, and it's good. Yeah, and that's always welcome when just you and the wife can go out and just uh, have fun and not have to worry about the kids and making sure that the places you visit are kid friendly and all that stuff. So hey, I'm glad that you were able to to cut loose a little bit and have some fun and drink some great beer. I saw some of the beers you drank and uh, I was pretty impressed. I'm a little jealous that, uh, that I didn't get to partake in some of those beers also, but I can't wait to hear about them when you talk about them. Yeah. So did you do anything for the craft beer week? So Boise normally also has a, a craft beer week celebration with between a lot of the breweries in town and a lot of the, the pubs and taverns in town. And uh, I did, uh, I went out twice during the week. I went out on Monday night and visited Boise Brewing. Uh, I had a friend from Israel here, and uh, it's always a pleasure to go take my friends out to drink. And we went to Boise Brewing, and we we just kind of well, they weren't really having an event, but they were. There was a savings on beer, so whenever you can save money on beer because of a you know of, of American Craft Beer Week, then it's it's a bonus, uh, and and that was fun. But I did go to an event on Wednesday night. It was kind of a it was kind of an American Craft Beer Week celebration, but it was also kind of celebrating uh, beards, you know, like like manly beards, like my beard. <laughs> and it was a beard social held at Sockeye Brewing, and it was by the same uh, barber shop that I go to to get my beard trimmed every, you know, five, six weeks called Beardsmith. And they were celebrating their, I don't know if it was their one or two year, one year anniversary, I think. I think it was one year maybe two years. Now I can't remember. And then along with Sockeye kind of celebrating their 20th year anniversary. And it was a pretty, it was a decent event. I just, honestly, I thought that the, it was, it was kind of weird. What happened is they catered it. It was kind of outside in the patios and they, they had three beers that you could get with a discounted pricing of $3 a beer, which is a pretty good price because normally their beers are $5. So I, you know, that's pretty good. Um, but they only had the three beers, and you couldn't take the beers inside, and you couldn't bring beers from inside outside. And this this posed a bit of a problem because I brought my wife and my son, and my son and I were okay with drinking whatever was outside. But my wife, being that she can't have gluten right now, she was wanting to partake in one of the ciders they had on tap from Merriweather, and uh, she asked them, "Hey, I want to go in and get a cider. I can't drink beer. Can I go in and bring it back out?" And they wouldn't let her bring it back out, which I thought was pretty crappy thing. You know, they, they kept everything segregated. So besides that, um, it was a pretty pretty decent event. I just wish that they wouldn't have been so so strict on not intermingling the regular business with the, the catering stuff outside. I imagine there's probably some licensing and stuff for, for the event that dictates some of that. Yeah, um, yeah. So. Yeah, but, but yeah, that, that's, one, that's the two things I did. There, honestly... From the events that I saw going on this year, it was probably the lightest in the events that didn't really – nothing really drew me in to want to go visit a certain brewery on a certain day. Because there's been previous times where I would see an event that was going on during the week and I'd have to be there. Or I'd – you know, because they're, they're uh, releasing a special beer that will only be released on that day, right? Never been released before, some, some kind of a special beer. That really wasn't going on much during this week's celebration, which was a little bit sad. I'd, I'd love to see the Boise area breweries, you know, 
get more focused and and uh, and do special things for the this week. Okay, well, you know, John, man, we just got done talking about beer, and my mouth is uh, just looking forward to drinking some good beer. So, what are you drinking tonight? So, I'm drinking a beer from Full Sail, and it's their Blood Orange Wheat Ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this thing is all orange. Yeah. Uh, huge orange aroma, great orange flavor. Definitely one that you would love because you're mm-hmm. a big Blood Orange fan. Have you had this? I, I have. I've I've already drank a six-pack of that beer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, you, you know me, John. If I see Blood Orange on something, I'm going to – might only grab one – but I, if it's something that I'm, I'm really into, like I love full sale beers, I don't mind picking up a six pack of it, and I enjoyed it. I, I really did enjoy the blood orange flavor in it and the wheat weediness of it. It was a, just a really nice drinking, easy drinking beer. Are, are you enjoying it yourself? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far, and, and I'm, you know, not as big of the blood orange fan as you are, but mm-hmm. this one uh, is really refreshing. So. I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Well, good. And I don't know if it's more that it's it's showcasing the orange better, and it's not like trying to compete with some other things going on in the beer. Yeah. Something, but yeah, it's just coming across really well. Yeah. Yeah. So, how about you? What are you drinking? Well, I am uh, drinking a beer from this year's Sierra Nevada uh, Across America collaboration beer camp collaboration. I got the uh, 24 case from Costco, and uh, last year. There was, uh, they had 12 beers. You got two of each. And I was surprised when I opened it up this time. I, I didn't go and pick it up myself. I had my wife pick it up. She was at Costco and I said, Hey, see if that beer collaboration from Sierra Nevada, see if that beer camp box is there. And sure enough, it was. So when I came home, I opened it up. I was all excited, but I was a little bit disappointed that there was only six different beers instead of 12 this year. And, uh, but the good news is pretty much all the beers are really, really good. And, now that I've just spilled all that, let me tell you what beer I'm actually drinking. I'm drinking the Sweet Sunny South Table Beer. And this is a, a beer that it's an ale that's brewed with uh, different natural flavors. They say that there's, uh, there's even some uh, corn grits in here, some tea leaves, and plenty of sweet fruit like peaches, papaya, guava, and prickly pear. And... Um, to me, I, I'm just going to sum it up like this. This, to me, this tastes like I'm drinking like a pear juice with a kick. You know, it's got a lot of, uh, you know, all those fruits kind of, to me, add up to like a pear, kind of like a, like a pear juice with uh, a little extra oomph to it. And yeah, it's, uh, I can see that. yeah, it yeah. goes, it goes down really, really easy. It's like four, nine, 4.9% alcohol, I believe. Um, it's a little bit it it is a little bit on the sweeter side that I'm you know I'm not a big sweeter sweet beer fan so it's a little bit sweeter than I like but I think anyone that's not a huge beer fan would probably gravitate to this beer because it doesn't have any of the left you know the aftertaste of what a beer would have with people that don't like beer yeah that that last thought is actually what Kristen and I both uh thought for this one um but I, I didn't think it was too sweet. I, I thought it had a nice little tartness in the end that kind of helped balance that out a bit. Yeah. And at least kind of wipe it clean so you could have some more. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this beer. Well, good. Good. I, I've, uh, I think I have – I think I've already drank three of them, so I have one more left to, to drink after <laughs> this one because I got four of them. Oh. So did you, did you buy the uh, – 
the the Costco case, or did you get a smaller version? Uh, I got the Costco one. I haven't seen a smaller version uh, this year. Um, I usually have gotten smaller ones in years past, but I haven't seen one uh, elsewhere. Okay, so. yeah, I think I saw. We were at the co-op yesterday, and I think I saw a twelve pack. Like they have a twelve pack of just the two of each, I believe. So, but yeah, I, I you know what, I mean. I haven't been disappointed with the beer camp beers yet, so taking a risk, it wasn't it wasn't that much of a risk. It was actually I knew that the rewards would be there, and as we'll talk about later when I talk about some of the other beers, uh, I, I wasn't I'm not disappointed, and that these beers are really good. Okay, John, now I know it's been a short time period since we recorded last, but uh, is there? You just mentioned that you went on a four brewery brewery crawl uh this weekend so surely there's got to be a couple noteworthy beers that you'd like to discuss uh yeah so one i'll start with was not on the beer crawl uh and that's the holy mountain white lodge and you might remember i mentioned holy mountain i don't know maybe a a month month and a half ago Mm -hmm. uh with their uh black beer oh yeah yeah uh so this one was a wit uh, and it was really well done, uh, really refreshing, uh, just kind of exactly what I'm looking for in that style of beer. And I tell you what, I need to start like seeking them out because I don't see them very often when I'm out. And these last couple of times I picked them up and I've been blown away. So mm. uh, I think I may have to see if they actually have a tap room that I can go to or something. Um, but uh, I definitely need to get some more holy mountain action going on okay where, um, where are they are they close by to you yeah they're in seattle somewhere um i'm not sure where they're located though um so i gotta figure that out <laughs> yeah <laughs> so my next one is from from our uh, our beer crawl and it's from elkhead brewery uh in buckley washington and that is their esp their extra special porter Oh, um, okay. Which uh, was really nice. A uh, lot of chocolate, um, just really smooth, really full of flavor, um, and uh, it went down real easy. Uh, so I we only had a cu- uh, couple beers there. Um, they don't do any kind of flight um, there. Mm-hmm. You just had to get a pint. Um and we had one other place we wanted to hit before we had to get back to the kids. So we, <laughs> yeah. we didn't hang out. Um, but I think we'll probably head back there at some point, uh, even though it's a bit out of the way, because uh, the beer was really good. Um, and we'll just have to clear the afternoon so we can have a few pints. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what What is their – did you ask what their thought process is, why they didn't do smaller samples? Uh, no. They, they were actually pretty busy at the time. And, I mean, they were giving us uh, – we could taste whatever we wanted before we ordered. Um, but they, like I said, they were busy and we, you know, after you get a couple tastes, you kind of feel like you need to make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and, uh, but, but one thing that was really annoying at that place is they had no like beer list, like up on the wall. Oh no. You, You either had to, you know, be familiar with the beers or be able to read the tiny writing on the, uh, taps like behind them, oh which my I gosh. can't do. My eyes aren't that nice. Yeah. Um, 
And so it made it even more awkward for both of us because we had no idea, like we had never had any of their beer before. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get up there and like, yeah, we don't do flights, but I can pour you anything you like. What do you want to try? And we're like, I don't even know what's back there. <laughs> <laughs> well, give me one of everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it was a little tough, but uh, we ended up with uh, this nice porter and a, yeah, a solid IPA. So okay. um, I think we'll definitely head back uh, at some point. Okay. Um, that one was really nice. So, so this is one that you need to bring a big group so that one person can have one of each of the beers and you guys can taste from everyone's glass, right? Yeah, that would work out. <laughs> yeah. <very well. laughs> Build your own really big sampler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then this last one is actually sneaking in under the deadline. I had this one today um, at a tasting at um, 99 Bottles, the bottle shop that I go to a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the Midnight Sun Sloth, uh, which was a bourbon barrel age Imperial or Belgian Imperial Stout. Mm, sounds um, awesome. Which <laughs> sounds like a lot going on. Um, and this really isn't probably something that I would normally get for myself because the Belgian stouts is, just tend to not work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times when you get that roast along with some of the phenolics from the yeah. Belgian yeast, it just, it doesn't work uh, for, for my taste. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, I don't know if it was just because it was barrel aged or something, but the, the Belgian yeast character really wasn't prominent. Um, and so you you got some really nice bourbon character with the, like vanilla, uh, some dark fruit going on. I mean, it was just really well put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad it was part of this flight because it's you know not something I probably would have tried on my own. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed it, and I'll probably you know look out for it, you know, when next year's version comes out mm. uh, to to pick it up. So. Um, I, I really enjoyed that one. And I, I think if, if you get midnight sun, I'm not sure how far they distribute, uh, cause they're from Alaska, right? Ala- yeah. Alaska, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure how far they get, but, uh, if you get it and you see this, definitely pick it up. It, it's really nice. No, I, I will pick it up. Um, I, I agree with your assessment as far as Belgian stouts. I, I can understand exactly what you're saying. Um, and then when you add the bourbon barrel on top of that, it seemed like it might be too much, but I, I'm glad that all those things mixed well and you had a great beer. When I saw you rate it as high as you did, I knew that, that I would probably fall in love with that beer as soon as I tasted it. Cause we have very similar tastes. So I'm glad that it all worked out and I will look for that beer if it does come. I, I've had midnight sun before, but I don't remember where I had it from. I don't know if I've, if I've had it in Boise or not. So I really have to, to pay attention and see if they come in. Yeah, we, we have it all the time. It's constantly stocked. Um, but, uh, they, they are a little pricey as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, they, you know, they're coming from Alaska. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I'm uh, not, I'm not going to be flying to Alaska to try beer. So I, I'm going to have to pay the extra price if, if needed. Yeah. Where's your dedication? <laughs> yeah. That's why, that's why I'll pay the premium because I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can commit to Alaska just to, I mean, I, one day I will, one day I will. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so how about you? What are your, uh, noteworthy beers? Okay. Well, um, I'm going to start off with a couple beers I had while I was at Sockeye on Wednesday night. These weren't the beers that were available 
you know, in the uh, event. These are beers that we went, you know, after the after we did the event and had our beers there, we went in and had some dinner and and tried some beers that they had on the regular tap list. So the first one I'm going to talk about is the Sockeye Golden Stout, and this is one of those blonde stouts that you know has kind of been a a recent thing that's been going on, and I. There hasn't been a blonde stout yet. I, I don't think that I haven't really enjoyed. There's been a I mean, one or two maybe that that didn't have as much roastiness as I would have liked. This one's not one of them. It had uh, a, a decent amount of roasty uh, malt character, but what was surprising is this one. The finish of this beer was almost like you're drinking some like milk chocolate, chocolate milk, like chocolate milk. Uh, <laughs> And it was just, it was, you know, it was golden blonde. And I was so shocked that it came out like a chocolate milk stout version. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And the mouthfeel, very full, a very full, viscous mouthfeel. So, I mean, it's just, it, it tasted, it felt like I was drinking a stout, uh, maybe a, a, a milk chocolate stout version, but uh, I really enjoyed it. And I recommend anyone in my area that can go into Sakai and try it. Hey, go and try this beer. I think you'll enjoy it. I, I really did. John, John, do you have you had very many of these blonde stouts? Uh, I've had two or three. Um, yeah, they've usually been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think part of that is it's might be really easy to dial it in because you just kind of add add a little bit of the coffee and then add a little bit of the chocolate or yeah. however you want to mix it up. And then if it's not right now, add a little bit more, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I've been impressed with them. Uh, it is weird, though, whenever you smell it, and then yeah. it just it throws you off. Yeah, it, it, it totally does. It, I mean, because the first thing, like we've talked about before, the first thing we do is we bring the beer, we look at it, and we take a big sniff. And when you first smell that roasty and, and that, you know that roasted malt flavor in there it it does throw your whole mind off you don't know what to expect and when you take that sip i mean your mind is blown it's it's definitely a a mind blower so that yeah. that was that that was the one i wanted to start off with the second one was also from sockeye during that same time i i think i had five beers that night and only two of them i'm going to talk about uh it was the uh, sour puss and this was a kettle sour apricot kettle sour and i'll tell you what this beer was, it was like drinking liquid sweet tarts, like your Smarties, like Smarties. You know those little Smarty uh, sweet things? It's like, yeah. drink, like Smarties. <laughs> I said sweet tarts, but I think it wasn't as tart as a sweet tart. It was more like a, uh, a Smarty sweet tart type thing. And I'll tell you what, that sucker went down fast. And it was like, I think it was like 7.2% alcohol too. And I I drank wow. that thing down like in five minutes. It was it was so good. So th- those are the two sockeye beers. So and again, you're not going to get those unless you're in the area. Uh, so I'm just I'm I'm sh- I'm doing this uh, just to give all my local peeps uh, opportunity to go try the beer. And then of course I just want to mention again. I already mentioned the beer I'm drinking tonight on the show is from the Sierra Nevada Beer Camp uh, collaboration, across America collaboration. So. I want to tell you about the other beers that are in there. And I know, John, you've had a couple of these. And I won't spend too much time. But I want to give everyone the opportunity that hopefully by the time the show is out, you've already had the beers or you can still get them because I don't want you to miss out. That's the only dis- you know, dis- disadvantage of, of recording too early is that it might be too late to get them. But the ones that I really enjoyed 
uh, the Stout of the Union, which is a stout. And this is a solid, solid stout that I really enjoyed. Now, John, you had the stout, right? Uh, no, Kristen's drank the stout. She oh, enjoyed it. Okay. I haven't had the stout yet. Okay, well, then we won't talk about that one. The next ones I'm going to talk about, everyone knows how... I love rye in my beers. And guess what? Sierra Nevada, during this collaboration thing, they have two rye beers inside this pack of six different beers. So I was pretty excited. The first one is the the West Latitude, which is a rye IPA. Um, man, solid solid rye character. Uh, it's got a, a good rye bite into it. Um, I, I liked it. I didn't have anything negative about it. Did you have the West Latitude yet, John? No, I've had the other one, the, okay. the Patriot. <laughs> the, yeah, the Patriot, the Patriot. Right, it's a right yeah. pale, and uh, this one was also really good. I I really enjoyed the the rye it was prominent in the flavors, um, and I remember one of them. I one of them I I mentioned. I think this was the one that uh, the hops are there, but the hops are a good supporting cast for the rye in there. I thought it was done really well to. You know to you know to showcase the rye and uh, also the hops aren't left out. They're they're there too. I, I enjoyed that. Did you enjoy that one? Uh, yeah, and you, you used the the phrase. It had a nice bite to it for the rye IPA, and that's actually what I okay. put in for my check in on this rye pale ale. I said it had a nice bite. Um, you know the, because the rye was you know up front mm-hmm. and it kind of uh, center stage. So. Okay. Yeah, that one was nice. Yeah, they they were both solid. Um, I enjoyed them both. Yeah, my memory right now is a little bit foggy. If I had my phone up in front of me, I probably could do. But I got John to help to back me up though. So thank you for backing me up. <laughs> uh, the the one of the other ones that is uh, is also a trend, a trend of what I've seen recently. This one's called the Moxie Moron. And this is an Imperial Session IPA. Again, it's an oxymoron, but because it was brewed in Moxie, Washington, they call it the Moxie Moron. So it's kind of a play on words because you can't really have an Imperial Session IPA. It's kind of it's it's an oxymoron, right? You can't have that. But it's kind of like basically a a very big IPA or even a lower double IPA, and it was solid. I really uh, enjoyed this beer also it, it went down pretty smooth and and hey i have no complaints it, is this one of the ones you tried john yeah this is the other one i've had um yeah big citrus a little bit of tropical mm-hmm. you know hops going on in there and uh you know before anybody gets upset about the imperial session ipa and what are people doing to the styles uh they're actually making fun of it and they <laughs> say it so much on the bottle um that you know things are just getting ridiculous so they are just having having some fun at, at folks' expense yeah, um, yeah. for this one. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was done It was done really well, really well. And the last one is the uh, Family Values, and it's an Imperial Brown Ale. And I guess you probably haven't had this one yet, John, so nope. no, no problems. But uh, a solid brown ale, not a hoppy brown, a solid malty brown ale that has a good malt base and finishes with a nice uh, like cocoa nib finish. Uh, I really enjoyed this one and I think it's like 8.4% alcohol so this sucker carries a, a a wallop but you don't even feel it while you're drinking it and it, this one almost threw me for a wild loop tonight when I, when I drank it because I didn't realize how high alcohol it was and 
and I was feeling a little bit lightheaded. I, I won't uh, joke. I was actually this thing. This thing uh, made me feel good. So, John, you have something to look forward to in the brown ale. Nice. Yeah, I'll have to try that one soon. Okay, excellent. So, like I mentioned, go out there and try these beers. They're fantastic. Uh, I think they sell them in a 12-pack, and if you go to Costco, you can get the 24-pack. So, uh, I, I think everyone will, will, will get their money's worth uh, if you enjoy good beer. Now, John, it's the time everyone has been waiting for. I know you've only had a week, but have you caught up to me in Untapped? Well, not all the way. Okay. <laughs> But we've entered uncharted waters. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm in double digits. Woo! Um, I'm only 90 back from you now. I picked up 18 check-ins um, <laughs> over the uh, last week, uh, which included a couple tasting events, our brewery hopping, and, you know, I mean, you still had 20. Uh, so, you know, I, I put some work in. <laughs> oh, I had 20? I had 20, and you still got me by 18? That is serious yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. I've had a week, man. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm getting myself a little cushion before you travel and just totally smoke me again and put me back into triple digits. So, you know, maybe I can make it not feel as bad uh, when you take your trip. So. Well, you know what, though? If you keep up these 38 uh, new ones a week, you're going to – I don't know if I can keep up with that in my travel. So you might have a good chance if you keep keep it up. Yeah, I don't think I can keep up with that either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, good job, John. That's uh, that's fantastic. And uh, we don't have any listener questions this week. No problem. It was a short week. I don't think people were realizing that we were going to be recording so much, you know, in, so quickly in a row. Uh, I'm sure by the time we come back in a month, we will have a lot of questions we can answer in our next episode. Just to let you guys know, though, if you do want to ask us a question, leave leave feedback, comments, or questions. You can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com, or you can reach us through Twitter at tapthecraft. And please, feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. Go ahead and uh, follow, like like what we do. Uh, Chris McKenzie, who you listened to in the last episode, does a fantastic job of moderating our Facebook page. Of course, I'm on there every so often adding stuff. I'm sure that uh, by the time you hear this, I probably would have made a couple um, posts related to my Virginia trip and uh, also visiting some breweries in Pennsylvania with my buddy Bill Vlashammer Worley. So, uh, yeah, go, go join the fun on Facebook. All right, we're moving right along. Now it's time for our Brew Buzz segment. And the, basically the Brew Buzz is, is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week we are going to cover the Rheinheitsgebot uh, purity, beer purity laws. So, John, since you have actually visited Germ- Germany and you actually have studied beer styles, I think you are definitely the one that's more qualified to discuss the topic. So, what is the Rheinheitsgebot? What's that all about? So, we're a little late on this uh, because we missed the 500th anniversary of the Rheinheitsgebot. Um, so, it- this law was adopted in April uh, 23rd of 1516 oh, wow. uh, in Bavaria. Um, and it stated that the only ingredients in beer were water, barley, and hops. Um, over time, it's evolved. Uh, they learned about this little thing called yeast. And it turns <laughs> out that's important. 
Um, but they didn't know about that for another like 300 years, I think. Wow. Uh, so, you know, there have been changes over the years, uh, which we'll, we'll discuss. Uh, but, uh, yeah, initially just water, barley and hops. That's all you could use. Okay. Okay. So obviously they didn't know about yeast being an important factor. So, and I'm guessing beer was able to be made fine just in wild open vat fermentation, but why did the Bavarians make this law? Why, why come up with this beer purity law or, you know, to make only three ingredients in beer? Was, was stuff going on where they were making, a, you know, fa- fake beer? Um, so I'm not sure they know definitively why, like, this was pushed. Um, but uh, one of the reasons they, that's believed is uh, by limiting brewers to uh, barley, they stopped them from competing for rye and wheat uh, with bakers. Mm-hmm. And so that could keep the cost of bread down. So they could have affordable bread for everybody uh, by keeping the cost down with not as many people competing for the grains. Uh, so rye and wheat were exclusive for bakers. Um, and, you know, everybody could eat, which I suppose is important. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, another piece of it uh, kind of goes along with the people making fake beer. And it was more <laughs> that uh, they viewed other beer as lesser. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of beer being uh, produced in northern Germany uh, that was brewed with additives, uh, you know, r- rice and other grains. And basically, th- those beers were no longer considered beer in Bavaria. And, uh, like couldn't be imported or be called beer, uh, to be sold. Um, so it was kind of a, a way to protect the breweries, um, in Bavaria, uh, you know, they're selling beer and this other stuff that's coming in, uh, that's, you know, not as good in their eyes. Uh, well, that's not actually beer. So, mm-hmm. uh, we can't, can't call it that. Okay. All right. Well, I was thinking it maybe was a power struggle between the two countries and they were using our our beer, what we love so much as the weapon to fight against, uh, you know, foreign policies or whatever, but I guess maybe not, not so much. Well, uh, kind of, um, it actually, uh, this law actually took center stage for, uh, quite a bit of politics. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with, you know, Germany, Prussia, the whole area, I mean, unified and split up and unified and split up so many times, um, but during like German unification in 1871, uh, Bavaria actually demanded that their law be applied across all of Germany. Uh, so everyone had to, you know, meet their standards for beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 1873, the German imperial law, uh, came down and said, you can use other grains. We're not going to be that strict. Uh, but if you're going to use them, you're going to be taxed extra. <laughs> uh, so, you know, they kind of got their way, uh, let people brew with other stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, it was a way to raise some revenue. Um, inside Bavaria, though, they still implemented the their strict version of the law. Uh, so you still couldn't use uh, the other grains uh, inside Bavaria. But again, about 40 years later, um, when Bavaria was trying to join the Weimar Republic uh, in 1919, uh, the Reinheitsgebot was again at the center of negotiation, and Bavaria made it a condition that 
if you want us in here, this law has to be put in place. Um, and it was. So, wow. Wow. That, that's a lot of pull. Yeah. I mean, beer's important. Yeah. <laughs> beer's important. Well, uh, it's important, but please tell me that the Rheinheiskabad is still not in place. When I mean, obviously it's not because we're getting other beers out of, out of Germany. So when when did it get rescinded? When did this law, you know, get uh, get taken away? So pieces of it actually are still in place, um, but big change started happening uh, just thirty years ago, roughly. Um, in 1987, France uh, challenged the law, uh, saying it was protectionist and violation of free trade laws in Europe, um, which you know basically Germany was dictating what could and couldn't be sold. Uh, and, uh, so they actually won that ruling. And so as far as Germany was concerned, you, they could no longer apply this rule to, you know, imported beer oh, Okay, Anything coming in from outside the country. If it was deemed beer, they could call it beer. Um, but inside the country, it was still, you know, in place and you still had to follow it. Mm-hmm. Um, but six years later, Ryan Heights was officially, you know, put out to pasture and replaced by the provincial beer law. And this law, uh, it actually has the same restriction for lager beers. So lager beers, water, barley, hops, and yeast. That's it. Okay. Um, but it allowed for, you know, wider range of grains and sugars to be used in ales. Um, and they actually... Uh, designated it by top and bottom fermenting yeast. So they didn't actually use the language for lager and ale. They actually went based off of the yeast. So uh, I found that kind of interesting. Um, but in addition to, you know, just these standard ingredients, it also uh, opened up the use of, uh, you know, like pellet hops and hop extracts and things like that, um, and some fining agents, um, you know, to help clear beer. And, mm-hmm. and so... Uh, it definitely made things less stringent, um, but uh, some of it's still in place. There is so, still some restriction. Okay, so so with restricting the ingredients, this really can uh, can kind of limit the the styles of beer that can be brewed. And, and, and actually, I mean, I'm guessing that uh, like in Germany, some of the styles that were once be able to be brewed, once they were following these laws, they could no longer brew the, that style anymore. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what happened. And, you know, one downside is it, it led to German Pilsner just dominating the market because that was, <laughs> you know, barley, a little hops and, and yeast. I mean, uh, some of the traditional, you know, beers in Germany uh, that dealt with local fruit and spices mm-hmm. uh, were illegal. You know, they were made illegal, so they went away. You couldn't make them anymore. Um, you know, like we mentioned, you at a certain point, you could use other grains, but had to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in Bavaria, they could still make their Weiss beer, which, you know, the German Hefeweizen is something that's very well known. I think that and, you know, the, these Pilsners are really what people understand of German beer. Um, but, you know, they had to pay uh, a big, big fee. Oh, wow. Um, so... Uh, and even today, a lot of brewers and politicians believe that 
the Reinheitsgebot is holding Germany back. Um, you know, there's a craft beer boom in America that, but that's spreading, you know, outside of America. We've talked about Israel. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's stuff going there elsewhere in Europe. Um, even American beer styles are starting to be brewed. Um, and they feel it's kind of holding the country back because even though it's still not really a law, I mean, it's what people know. Yeah. You know? And, uh, so, I mean, despite this, I mean, a lot of breweries are still adhering to that law and using it as a marketing tool to say, well, this is better beer because, you know, it's not uh, made with any of these adjuncts or additives. I mean, it is just beer. It's what mm-hmm. all you need to make beer is in here, not this extra crap. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's still used to to make sales. So, you know, if you're you're going to complain about it you kind of just got to let it go but um (laughs) (laughs) so far not really well well if i understand correctly my if i remember what i've read in the past is like two of my favorite styles of beer were at one point um you know went extinct right the 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 current trend of everyone really going for the goza uh, i think wasn't that a, a german beer that that because of these laws that had to, you know, they had to stop making it because of the fact that it, it didn't follow the, the letter of law. And also the Berliner Weiss, if I remember correctly, was one that was resurrected also. Um, or maybe I'm uh, wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know the goes kind of disappeared for a while. Um, and, you know, the, but the Berliner Weiss, uh, from the name, it, I mean, it, known from Berlin, mm-hmm. which was not a part of Bavaria. So, uh, you know, it, it certainly would have struggled or been more expensive yeah. to, to produce. Um, but I don't think it would have by law been forced to go away. Okay. Um, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. I haven't actually looked into it. Okay. Um, so, wow. So, uh, what, so now John, you just explained to everyone what this is all about. What is your thoughts on it? Do you, do you, um, you agree with this type of purity thing or is you think it's time that uh, it had its purpose at the time and now it's time to move on? Um, well, I mean, we see some of it today, uh, you know, when, with, uh, the craft brewers, you know, pointing at the, the big macros, uh, you know, with their rice and corn, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's not, you know, malted grain and, uh, you know, even though they use wheat and rye and other things that aren't barley, but, uh, you know, we see shades of it now. Um, I don't, I don't think that you need anything that restrictive these days. Uh, you know, I think people know what they want and what's good and what's bad. So, you know, personally, I, I don't see a need for it. Okay. But. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I mean, I think that if you are strictly um, having the limiting the ingredients to what the you know what what they say is should be, you're only going to get so many beers, and you're not going to have the variety. Uh, you're not going to have the wheat beers, for instance. You know, now yeah, if you were to, I mean, if you, with the modern day where they just tax them higher, yeah, you can get it. But from the going back to the history of when it, when, when they made these laws, you're going to be stuck with the same style beers. For everyone, it's going to get boring. I would think. It's now I understand why the, you know, the American, you know, Pilsner or whatever 
became the, the, the American beer from Budweiser, you know, the whatever, maybe it's not Pilsner, I guess it's more of a light lager, because, you know, it came from Germany originally, and they had the, you know, they were restricting some of the, the stuff, and then, we, of course, they went on their own and added rice and crap to it, but uh, now I can understand why that became maybe a the beer of choice for America, because that's what, you know, beer was back earlier. I mean, I was surprised to hear that it was 1987 before France finally said, hey, you guys are full of crap. Let us import our beer into your country because, I mean, it seemed like uh, a good move for them. I didn't, which is weird because I'm, I'm guessing France wasn't really making beer, but Belgium was making beer. So is that the reason why? I mean, how did yeah, France get involved? They, I, you know, that I'm not sure, but, um, you know, the Belgian beer probably was close to, if not already, adhering to that just by default. Um that's true you know, with the magic think, magic stir. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I I don't think they use a lot of adjuncts. Um, you know, maybe some of the sugars, but that was later allowed. So okay. you know, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it just seemed weird that France would be the one that would you know make make waves about that. Yeah, they just want to complain. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, John, great job on giving us the history behind the uh, Rhine Heiskabot or boat or whatever you say. Because I'm not, I mean, I think I did pretty good. I haven't messed it up too bad. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I thought it'd be more entertaining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be professional, but uh, good job. Good job. All right. Well, hey. Uh, that was our Brew Buzz segment. Now we just want to give an opportunity to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting our show because they do provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com. And you know what? If you enjoy what John and I put out, then we think that you would also find a lot of great content on other shows that OFRN offers. And here's just a few. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a crafty consumer, and if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpenFormRadio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right, well, this is going to be a short show. Again, we only had a a small time between the last two shows, so uh, we're giving you some time back and giving us a little bit of of a rest. But I hope you enjoyed what we had to to offer. But uh, before we go, it is the time where we can uh, raise our glass to some people we want to raise our glass to. So, John, who do you want to raise a glass to today? So... I've got to raise my my glass to Chris. Uh, last week, or well, yeah, last week and last episode, <laughs> ugh, um, you know, we were talking about favorite breweries and and wish list stuff. And both Chris and I were talking about wanting to get our hands on some Three Floyd's Dark Lord. And within a week, Chris is tweeting at us a picture of two bottles of yeah. Dark Lord that he got his hands on. So kudos and well done, sir. Um, 
but uh yeah wait way to uh to chase the the white whale and and snag it so yeah yeah he hope, hope you enjoy those because i know they they probably didn't come cheap to you so <laughs> yeah yeah he said he uh, arm leg a kidney uh you know he lost one of every everything he has i think so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, that good good on him. Good on him. And and again, thank you Chris for coming on the show last week. We had a uh, a really good time and I'm glad you were able to find your dark lord. Uh I I'm going to give some uh, you know, even though this hasn't happened yet, I know it's going to happen. I want to thank uh, my buddy uh Bill Flashhammer Worley for hosting me uh and taking me out to a couple breweries when I was uh, in the area and also uh you know, my buddy Eric Glovebox, Glover, uh, I'm sure that he's going to host me and, and take good care of my wife and I when we're there in, in the Virginia, D.C. area. So I want to raise my glass to you guys and just thanks for your hospitality. And again, I hope that uh, when I'm there, I was able to meet maybe some other listeners that, uh, that, that uh, you know, go and give me a heads up that you're in the area and I'll come have a beer with you. And I hope that the next episode I can raise my glass to you. And, of course, I can't leave out my uh, military men and women out there protecting our freedoms and serving our country. Uh, I just want to raise my glass to you. Thank you for all you do and return home uh, soon to your families. And if you like what John and I do, uh, please take a few minutes and leave an iTunes review. We really would appreciate it. We can't forget to mention that we do have a tasting beer for the next episode, episode 50. That will be the Anderson Valley Briny Melon Goza. So go out and get either a 22-ounce bottle or a can or a six-pack of this beer and taste along with us and uh, enjoy this fantastic beer. And you can find the beers and links to any articles that we mention on the show in our show notes, which are located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? On Twitter at Prime Brewing, untapped, Prime WA. And you got to start checking out homebrewengineer.com because the barrel is here. Woo! Um, there's, there's stuff up there for that. So go check it out. All right. Excellent. Excellent. All right, it's last call, and it's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and for listening to our show, and we ask you to please subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn Radio or Google Play or however you listen to podcasts. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Prost. Prost. Prost.